Note, all of the mutilations, bodily dismemberments, and cannibal rituals were performed by seasoned professionals. Please do not attempt any of these stunts at home. Thank you. Drop it, Buster. It's the holiday season. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Jungle fever. Music is my life. <laughs> After the sun goes down. Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? <laughs> Hart, you want to load me up with a little more there? It is good. <laughs> Stick a fork in me, Jerry. I'm done. Who wants some man meat? I do. I want some man meat. The Carpenter Rants Ready to is kick this motherfucker off. Hey everybody, welcome to TCR. Three nobodies talking about the horror movie genre, and we're those nobodies. I'm Caleb. I'm Doug. I'm Kendall. Uh, this is, uh, of course, our limited series, <laughs> The Cannibal Rants. We're talking about cannibal films. It's for the holiday season. Um, And folks, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you we were recording this episode on November 7th uh, of the year of our Lord 2020. And uh, this morning, a gift from the sky, uh, (laughs) a gift from people who went out and fucking voted. Uh, we, We talk about him all the time here. We got this real piece of shit president. And collectively, as a country today, we kicked him the fuck out. So, uh, I have been flying high all day long. And I'm probably going to be super high energy tonight. Because I'm just feeling real fucking good. So, we got that going on. Hell yeah. Oh, uh, I have believed all year that it would happen. But... Uh, I am also conditioned to being miserable and everything going badly. So, um, didn't all think, I know, brother? <laughs> didn't you know um, that little bit of hope? Uh, you know, I you know I always have a, a sliver of hope about most things, but uh, I, I feel like most of the time it's not really uh, paid off. So this is a weird feeling uh, for it to to pay off and 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 to feel good about something. I've been jubilant. <laughs> Uh, since about 10 o'clock this morning, whenever that was. So, yeah. I'm just really excited about us making history, having a, a woman of color as our Fuck, vice president. Yeah, a really badass one, too. Like, she's really right. fucking dope. Um, it's, just, it's just a good fucking day. Um, feel good about things. Um, just feel good. Feel hopeful. Um, and that's a nice feeling. And then I was like, how could I make this go away? Oh, I'll watch a movie about cannibals in the <laughs> Old West. And uh, 
and I did just that. Now, I'm just kidding. Actually, uh, this this movie uh, was pretty surprising to me. Um, in its tone, uh, I know that this movie is uh, well. First of all, folks, we're talking about uh, Bone Tomahawk. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. that was Kendall's pick for this week. And uh, this movie is well known to me because I've seen this. Uh, I've seen some of this director's other work. Um, which I liked, and and people are always like, Bone Tomahawk's the one you got to see, brother. And uh, so I, it's the only one I hadn't seen. So uh, this is my first time watching it, but but my expectations of it were that like, it's so brutal, blah 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 blah. So I was expecting just a real dour affair, and um, that was a pretty entertaining movie. Um, it's got it all, man. Yeah, I, I wasn't really uh, I wasn't really expecting um, the, the tone that I got from the movie, so I was pleasantly surprised. But we'll get into all that as we go along. Um, but before we can do that, Doug, I'm gonna need you to re. I'm blah, 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 try it again. I'm gonna need you to reach into your mm-hmm. uh, your uh, saddlebag and break me off some of them fat deets. <laughs> It was Western themed. I get it. (laughs) Well, sir, this year movie came out October 23rd, 2015. Written and directed by S. Craig Zaylor. With a budget of $1.8 million. Oh, wow. That was smaller than I would And with a return... Of $481,525. Ooh. Extremely huh? limited release. And oh, it played okay. a few festivals. Got it. Well, let me tell you something. It's not a movie for, uh, you know, you know, the faint of heart. Or even, uh, you know, when I would say our general audiences. Whoops, I accidentally turned my camera off there. Okay. Um, so yeah, I could see that, you know, this is not, uh, it's not a take your mamma to see after Thanksgiving dinner type of film. Well, it depends on your mamma. That's true. That's true. If, you're, <laughs> if your mamma likes seeing people get split open from the taint down, then, uh, maybe she does. Hell yeah. Some of that taint meat. <laughs> <laughs> the softest. Um, okay. So S. Craig Zaylor, was that his name? Yeah. Um, this guy directed, um, like he he was kind of he kind of got his name made off of this movie because people are like, "Have you seen Bone Tomahawk?" Because fuck. Um, but I'd never seen it. I saw his next movie, which was uh, Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine, which I think is the name of it. Um, stars Vince Vaughn. Fucking awesome movie. Uh, super violent. If you that probably not shocking to you, um, based if you've seen this film, and uh, and he also did another movie called Dragged Across Concrete, um, again with Vince Vaughn and America's Sweetheart, Mel Gibson, uh, and they play a couple of uh, aging, dirty cops, um, and that movie's really fucking badass too. So I I like this guy quite a bit. He makes he makes kind of like 
just fucking, I don't know, these movies make you feel dirty when you watch them. It's just like, ugh. <laughs> it's not... Dirty. That wasn't fun, but they're, but they're good. He's really good. Um, Yeah, man, so I've never seen this movie before. Uh, let's talk about the cast, because we got a fucking stellar cast in this thing. That cast. <laughs> That's right, dude. You got fucking Kurt Russell, which, I mean, he makes a movie. Like, can we talk about how Kurt Russell... Uh, we talk about his hair. That's what I was gonna say. This dude has had the <laughs> best hair in Hollywood. Kurt, the hair Russell for fucking since he was a teenage robot. This motherfucker's hair is gorgeous. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so jealous Beautiful. of how thick. I Jesus mean, he's <laughs> got his own brand it's called Kurt Plus. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, he hasn't lost a fucking fiber of that hair. It looks thicker now than it did then. I don't know what's going on. Sick. Put my hand through it. <laughs> Boy's hair is girthy. Um, Those mutton chops. Dude, the whole... His, that mustache and facial... The mm. guy's just got... All the hair that grows on his body is beautiful. So, I haven't seen all of it, but I'm just going to assume every, every inch That's of it is... I'm gonna go say it is <laughs> every, every follicle bit. of hair that grows out of Kurt Russell is gorgeous. <laughs> um. All right. So enough about uh, Kurt and his pubes. Um. We've also got Patrick Wilson. Uh. Patrick middle name. He can get it. Wilson. Uh. This is another. Let me tell you. Another beautiful man <laughs> just strolled onto set. Um. Richard Jenkins, who is a fucking, I'm going to talk about Richard Jenkins a lot during this movie, but holy shit, he's so fucking great. He's he's phenomenal. Dude, he's such a good actor anyway, but he's doing something like, it, you know, usually when you get Richard Jenkins, you're getting kind of a Richard Jenkins type of character. Like he's playing a really great character in this movie where at first I didn't even realize that was him when he first walked in. Um, yeah. I just watched Cabin in the Woods, and yes. it's like a different person. Dude, he transformed I mean, into this role, and I, I really, really, uh, I, I just love him, and uh, I, I love his work in this movie. Um, oh, fucking uh, Matthew Fox, <laughs> Matthew Fox from Lost. You know what's interesting about him? Nothing. <laughs> Bone tomahawk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but he's really great. I like the character he's playing in this movie. He does like, mm-hmm. he does some interesting, like there's just a couple of moments of just like physical <laughs> stuff that he's doing that, that I think is really stands out and is interesting. And also I like the, his linen suits. Um, uh, Fancy bridges. Ooh, yeah. Um, <laughs> who else we got? That's, that's our main cast. Oh, and then you get. Um, we just kicked the movie off with our with our first uh, uh, you could call them cameos I guess um, the movie opens with a scene uh, the movie opens with somebody's throat getting slit first of all just mm-hmm. it's just like uh, you know this movie's produced by whoever and then throat slit first thing that happens carving that neck wide open um and uh we meet our first two uh uh characters here uh buddy and purvis uh buddy played mm-hmm. by the late great sid Haig. 
and uh, Purvis played by um, uh, you know uh, TCR David favorite Arquette. Uh, David Arquette uh, Dewey himself <clears throat> and I'll say this about David Arquette and I wrote this in my notes um, he is he's a really fucking talented actor the guy is really great he's fucking great he is he so needs great to be in a lot of stuff because he's just he's just fucking great in everything he's in. Like I know he was like, you know, he was kind of like it seems like he was a product of like that late 90s, you know, whatever, and he's kind of like the goofy guy, mm-hmm. but like you watch like you watch like the differences in, in in the performances that he gives even in like a small role, like this Purvis character, he was really fucking good in just the limited amount of time that he had on screen. Um, Mm -hmm. the guys, I think he's, you know, I think he's underrated. I think he's actually, uh, he's a really talented actor. And I know he's like, he shares the middle name with uh, Patrick Wilson. Do what? I said he shares the middle name with Patrick Wilson. (laughs) He can get it. (laughs) Um, all right. So, uh, Buddy and Purvis, they're slitting throats and, uh, you know, stealing. And taking bags. Taking bags. Great line here. By the way, um, I think one of the things I was most shocked about this movie, um, because again, I thought this was a really dour, like kind of a trudge type of movie where it's just really violent and and stuff. Um, But there's a lot of really fun, like stylistic dialogue in this movie that I was not prepared for. Like, yeah, like even like the characters are even like these guys are fucking clearly when you look at them they are like gross drifter you know uh criminals but they speak in this kind of like overeducated uh vernacular that was just you know really entertaining and uh almost tarantino-esque if you know what i mean um but uh yeah so first of all uh, uh, Purvis doesn't slit this guy's throat right because he's he's still moving and even tries to fire his gun. Uh, does fire it and Sid Haig tells him there are 16 major veins in the neck and you got to slit all 16 of them, which I don't know if that's true, but it sounds cool. So I'm just going to assume that's... <laughs> I'm going to assume that's... A guy I know knows a doctor and he told me that. <laughs> it's got to be true. Do it. A guy he knows... Knows a guy who used to be a doctor. Now I don't know what used to be a <laughs> I don't know what you could do in the eighteen hundreds to lose your medical license. I mean, that just sounds like some shit a scamming ass con man piece of shit in the frontier days would have said. So it works out. And these guys, these guys look like they smell bad. I'm just <laughs> upset. By well, it. to be fair, everyone looked like they smell bad in this movie. That's true. That's true. I don't know. There was a, uh, Kurt Russell looked like he smelled like sandalwood and tobacco. I bet he smelled real nice. True. What were you going to say, Kendall? I was going to there's a, a scene later on where I noted um, there, at one point, Kurt Russell is kneeling over someone, and I just noted, like, his balls have to smell horrible in his face. Yeah. We'll get there, though. Continue. Yeah. Um, 1,800 balls. Ugh. Uh, Kurt Russell. Um, there's 1800 <laughs> balls. There's a great line here about um, where uh, uh, Purvis is, is stealing the Bibles, and he says you can always sell Bibles to some idiot, which I thought was I thought was cute. 
Um, mm-hmm. There's a uh, okay. So here's where some of this dialogue comes in, which I was pretty uh, I was pretty startled by. They hear this this strange noise, and and uh, Buddy Sid Haig's character is like, it's just a gust of wind or a gale of wind. And uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> David Arquette is like, uh, uh-uh, uh, it's ominous. Which is just, um, and then Buddy tells him to like cut out his womanly imaginings, which I thought was just another really fun line. Um, let's see. Um, so they're they're running. Okay, so when one of the bodies fired off the gun, um, somebody heard it, and now there's horses. They can hear horses headed to them. Um, so they're trying to get out of there, and they kind of go through these this kind of this like hidden path or whatever in the wilderness and they stumble across uh, a pet cemetery of sorts um, with mm-hmm. a lot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, dec- decorations uh, scattered around <laughs> so you know things are going well. Some uh, sort of burial ground or booging ground or some something. Some shit the foot. There's booging ground the foot. Shit. Um. Yeah, and Purvis is like, I don't think we should walk. This is clearly, this looks like sacred ground. And uh, Buddy is like, Are you stupid? Let's go. And then, uh, boy, he catches an arrow in the throat. Um, yeah. Which is fucking gnarly. And then, as Purvis is running away, you you see a figure come out and start to like fucking slice Buddy up, but they don't. It's dark and you can't see it like purposefully, so it's almost like this fucking specter that that you don't even really get to. Yeah, the the way that that who you find out who it is, mm-hmm. the way that they look, they're real ghostly and stuff, yeah. which just adds to it. It's it's fucking great. Yeah, it's a really great fucking design. Um, we cut to um, eleven days later. Um. And uh, so this is where we meet Patrick Wilson. His name is Arthur and his wife, uh, whose name is Dot. Now, here is, I will say, my biggest critique of this movie um, is that it's so like every every character is so rich and fleshed out, except this woman. She exists only to be captured and then to be rescued. And that's about it. And I feel like. There's a really missed opportunity with her to, I mean, even if, like, this is kind of a long movie, and we spend a lot of it watching four guys walk around in, in, in the middle of nowhere. So I feel like we could have at least shaved five minutes from that and maybe have seen Dot in captivity a little bit, maybe outsmarting these these kind of crazy people or maybe surviving somehow. Something other than just... She's really the damsel in distress in this movie, and that is really her only role at all. Just seems like yeah. a miss because I feel like every other character is completely uh, uh, fleshed out in some significant way, and she like she's not. Unfortunately, I think it's a big miss with Dot. Unfortunately, she was uh, originally played by Jennifer Carpenter of Dexter fame. Really? But she had to back out the last second. She had already been cast and everything. Mm Mm-mm. 
Well, I'm glad. I don't care for her. Oh, I think she's so good. Oh, she's great. Yeah, I love Jennifer Carter. I find her very obnoxious. I don't know. I don't like her. Well, that's her character in Dexter, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really like, good. you know, I, I don't typically like people that want to fuck their brother either, but, um, <laughs> you know, that was just written for the show, Kendall. She didn't, That's she why didn't. we moved out of the South. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, uh, Arthur's got a broken leg, um, and, uh... You know, he's, uh, and he's all kind of butthurt about it. Like, he's like, I moved out here to be the foreman of whatever. And, um, now he can't do it because his leg's broken. Well, he should have listened to his wife. Listen to your wife. Listen to a woman. Listen to a woman. Um, this is long before Jason taught us what we what we now know kindle and come on check well, the timeline smart yet. yeah no uh-uh. good hundred years off at least <clears throat> she's good enough to help if the doctor is not around but she's not the doctor let's let's be clear Mm-mm. um all right this scene is kind of intercut with another scene where we meet uh john which is matthew fox's character um and he kind of shows up in the saloon and he's got this really great interaction with a piano player. I like all this kind of stuff. Um, I think it gives a lot of like really. I think it. I think it makes the movie really fun before the movie gets really awful. Um, and I don't mean awful in quality. I just mean awful in yikes. Um, but so there's this great line where he's like talking to the piano player and he's discussing the piano player's uh, listed prices for songs. Um, <laughs> And uh, the piano player has this great, like, first of all, the piano player is just laying on the piano with a tiny little pillow. <laughs> yeah, he's asleep. <laughs> like, why would he be just be sleeping at the piano? <laughs> Gotta be ready when someone throws a fucking quarter in his jar or whatever it was, a dime. And then when, uh, when questioned by John why three songs costs more than, you know, one or two, um, his response is, I get tired after two songs, so the third one costs <laughs> more. <laughs> um, and then this is also cut with um, the scene where Kurt Russell, uh, playing Sheriff Hunt, um, he's, he's making some soup at the jailhouse, and Rudy Giuliani mm-hmm. walks in. Um, that's who... That's, <laughs> That's who Chicory looked like at first. Um, and Just this an was, adorable, bumbling idiot. I love dude, him so Chicory much. is... Oh, he's my favorite character. In he's the story. heart... I fucking love him. He's the heart of the whole movie. And I didn't really understand who this character was at first. I thought he was kind of like a like a vagrant or something. An Otis Cam- I thought he was like an Otis Campbell coming in drunk. <laughs> yeah, but he's just kind of... You know, he's just simple and uh, he's sweet and... Um, He's like, oh, that tea smells awful. Well, it's not tea, it's soup. Huh. All right. He's like, tastes like corn. He's like, well, it's corn chowder. By the way. <laughs> He's like, oh, well, things are adding up. I mean, Kurt Russell, he has played so many of these types of roles in his life. Um, and uh, it's just so natural. Like, when I think of Kurt Russell, like, I mean, the guy just, I mean, he just looks like a cowboy to me. Like, 
In fact, any movie, yeah, any movie where he's not playing some like cowboy type, I'm like, this is wrong. (laughs) Like, where's your fucking? uh, He's just, I don't know. He he's so, man, he's so good. He's so great. Um. Oh gosh, and he's even got this fucking really horrible, but but very good uh, uh, teeth sucking thing that he's doing. And this thing, I can't stand that. That grosses me out so much when people are just like sucking their fucking teeth. And he doesn't. It's very good because it upset me. I didn't um, even notice that. Yeah, like when they're eating that corn chowder and he's and and Chicory's telling him that he kind of ran across like a uh, what did he he said he was uh, he had a, he was of a suspicious nature or something like that. Yeah, he spotted David Arquette, and he's like, "I've seen the suspicious guy." He's so, digging uh, he a hole, putting it something in it. It's, it turns out Chicory is a deputy. He's the backup deputy. Yeah, which is adorable. Um, now that and then Kurt Russell's like, "All right, well, I'm done sucking my teeth, so let's go see what's let's go see about this stranger." Get this corn out of my teeth. Yeah, <laughs> get that corn out of my teeth. Um. Now we cut back to Arthur and Dot, and by the way, uh, his leg isn't the only thing with a piece of wood, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Come out. Uh, I just, <laughs> I wrote here, P-Wheels be fucking. Uh, <laughs> that was the note. Well, we've known that. That is not new information. And Dot is uh, not displeased with the goings on either. She seems to be enjoying it. Um. All right. So now we're in the. Uh, uh, now we're back in the saloon with Purvis and Kurt Russell. Um, is confronting him. What was the name of the saloon? The is it like the, something the learned or, goat. The learned goat. The learned goat. The learned goat. Yeah. yeah. And he's asking Purvis some questions, kind of interrogating him. And then Purvis tries to run, and Kurt Russell uh, shoots him in the leg, which we come to find out is pretty much his method for, <laughs> for his dealing. calling card. Yeah, apparently, everyone just knows. Um, he shoots him. <laughs> everyone knows. I stopped short. Um. All right, so uh, he's a very sweet man. It's like he's apologetic about it. It's like he doesn't want to do it. It's just so tender. Who, Kurt Russell? Yes, I, I definitely picked that up. I don't think so. There's a lot of little little cues that he just doesn't like having to be violent. Mm, I don't think so. In my experience, police like being violent. You know, you are right. Um, in my so in my head canon, um. Like he's still just Wyatt Earp. Like Wyatt Earp retired and changed his name, and uh, now he's just sheriff of a tiny little town called Hope Bright or whatever it was called, um, Bright Hope or whatever. Um, they send uh John, played by Matthew Fox. He heads over to uh, uh Arthur's house. Um, it interrupts that postcoital dump that everybody's trying to get into. And uh, everybody's trying to get into it. Yeah, you know how it is. You break oh, one. You break one off. You got to break one off. Um, break me off, piece. Right. <laughs> Post coital dump. Uh, 
A PCD. <laughs> um, they need Dot to um. They need Dot to pull uh pull the bullet out of uh, this purpose, uh, gentlemen. So when is it established mm-hmm. that her name is Dot? Because I have Samantha noted. Do you? Is that a, a, I thought I I swear that. Yeah, Arthur, I thought it was Samantha too, but I was like, maybe they that maybe is he her, called her dot or something. I think that I is her name, it. but I'm pretty positive that um I'm pretty positive that Arthur called her Dot when they were maybe it's like his pet name for her. Because they do call maybe her not. Samantha later. But uh, I mean, unless unless he's calling her Doc. Maybe because she like fixed his leg up and stuff. Maybe he was calling her Doc, because she ends up kind of being like you know she's not the doctor, but um, she is apparently does medical procedures when needed. Um, so maybe I just misheard. Um, and she is needed uh, tonight, like I said, to uh, uh, fix up Purvis's leg. Um, let's see. Oh, there was this, um, she was after, after they were uh, making love and before the postcoital dump, she wanted, uh, Arthur to read her this poem that he wrote her while he was away at work. And, um, and he's like, that wasn't a poem. It was just like some emotions I was feeling. And then, um, when she leaves to go to the jailhouse, he reads the letter and he reads the whole thing. Which felt ominous. So right away I knew something was going to happen with her. But there's this really cute moment where he gets to the end of the letter and he puts it away and kind of like affirming to himself. He's like, that ain't a poem. (laughs) Ain't no poem. I ain't no sissy man writes a poem. Womanly imaginings. Yeah, I don't have womanly imaginings. (laughs) (laughs) I fuck like I just did. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh yeah, so uh, I love that little. Go for sorry, it. there's like a little interaction between Bruder and Arthur. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruder's clearly like the town playboy. Like he just gives off those mm-hmm. vibes. Well, he's got that and, mustache uh, and those linen suits. <laughs> But uh, Arthur yells down the stairs, warning him not to flirt with his wife mm-hmm. because you know she can't take care of herself. Anyway, go ahead. <clears throat> well, she can't. Um, it's the eighteen hundreds. Did he say? So? I thought he was like, "Hey, you flirt with my wife, I'm I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you." It's basically what he said, but in a fancier way. Yeah, yep. a lot of real fancy talk in this movie. They don't really talk like. Um. That's one of the things I like about the movie, but, um, you know, like when you watch a Western, everybody kind of talks like they know 15 words. And in this movie, everyone's very eloquently spoken. <laughs> um, I love know. the dialogue. I do too. Place. Yeah. It was, it was, um, well-written, but not so hoity toity in your fucking face. I'm smarter than you, you know, like some fucking scripts can be. Yeah, no, I love it. It's just, Dug it. it there was like a there's almost like a poetry to the to the way these people speak and and again they yeah. don't speak in like typical like western character speak 
Which is not a bad thing. Um, Samantha is at the jail cell. Um, she's fixing up Purvis. Uh, we meet Nick, another character who's just there to get cut open from the taint later. Um, he's the deputy. I love, I love this shit with between uh, Nick and Chicory. Yes, because it's like made clear that Chicory has lost so fucking much money to Nick on games of checkers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like hundreds of games of yes, checkers. Yes, he's lost hundreds of he's games so of checkers, stupid. and maybe he should quit betting. That's what he says. <laughs> um, so precious. Yes, well, Nick runs his mouth a little too much, and uh, Kurt Russell's like, well, now you're going to stay here uh, with Samantha while she patches up uh, this, you know, drifter person that they found. Um... So in the middle of the night, <clears throat> uh, there's some noise out at a barn and a stable boy goes out to deal with it and something attacks him and just fucks him all up. Yeah. Rips him up real nice. Like. Yeah. Um, so, uh, now this is, this I also found adorable. The sheriff and Chicory go to the scene. Chicory's still in his underwear, by the way, with his rifle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? I like that because he's like, ain't no time for pants. I got to I gotta save somebody. He's all business. He is. Chicory business. Um, that's his last name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then they, they head on over to the jail and everyone in the jail is missing. Purvis, uh, the other deputy, Nick, I think his name was, and, yeah. uh, and Samantha. And left behind is just, you know, an arrow. And so, uh, you know, uh, Kurt Russell uh, deduces that, uh, you know, Indians have uh, abducted the people from the jail. Um, He goes to tell uh, Patrick Wilson, um, Arthur, and he gets all, of course, you know, this is his wife. So now he's all ready to go save her. And he hobbles over with his little crutch uh, to the learned goat. And this is the fun scene where our posse starts to come together. So Arthur's adamant about going, even though he's injured. Um, Chicory is adamant about going, which is a scene I really like. Because uh, Kurt Russell tries to make him stay. And Chicory is just very much like, no, I'm the backup deputy. I'm not letting you go by yourself. He very, very, like, earnestly wants to go. Feels like he needs to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, John Bruder uh, also decides to go um, because he says he's the one that, you know, came and got Samantha um, to go over to the jail. So he feels like he owes, you know, both of them. Um, they bring he also in, has lots of experience in disposing of Native Americans. Yeah, he's killed more Indians than anyone there. And then there's a Native American gentleman there who says that's a that's an ugly boast. And then uh, John's like, "Ain't no boast. It's a fact." Um, they bring in uh, you know, the their local Native American uh, pal <laughs> um, to see. If, does, yeah, 
um, to see if he can identify like what type of arrow it is. And he he tells him that it belongs to this tribe of. Uh, like, yeah, I don't want to fuck with them. Hate yeah. to say, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, make him say, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the tribe has no name. They're troglodytes. They live in caves. Um, it says here, uh, they're of a spoiled bloodline, and they rape and eat their own mothers. Yeah. Don't need nothing <laughs> but a good time. Um. But the, uh, <laughs> but you know they they're determined to set out, and uh, you get that great scene. Uh, you know it's kind of a classic, you know, uh, western scene here where uh, Kurt Russell's wife is like, "Promise you're coming back," and then you know he can't really make that promise. So he here's just, your handkerchief full of bread. Come back to yeah. me in one piece. <laughs> um, I gotta tell you, I am a sucker. For uh, the romanticized, yep. For the romanticized American West, um, I love Western movies. I love just these w- really wide shots of like just these open plains and like guys on horses, and it just I fuck I love the whole thing. Um, I just love it. I eat it up, and so there's a lot to that in this movie. There's you know they're on quite a little trek. Um, let's see. <laughs> when they, <laughs> I have lots of chicory dialogue written in my notes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> when they make their first camp, John, uh, who I guess was in the war, um, he has this like trip wire with bells like devised where he sets up around the camp. And his logic is, um, mm-hmm. anything that's going to set off the trip wire is either like an animal or an unannounced guest. And apparently what I learned from this movie is that if you walk up on a camp in the old West unannounced, that means you're a sneak and you have to die. And those are the rules of the West. That's what he said. He was like, anything that rings that bell is going to hurt us. So shoot immediately and ask questions later. Yeah. Any, they're like, well, what if he was like, shoot first, ask questions later. Follow up question. Are any of you somnambulist? To which Chicker replies, that's private. That's private. <laughs> Immediately. Zero hesitation. That fucking killed me. <laughs> you're a claustrophobic. This reminded me of that Ninja Turtles thing. You're claustrophobic. Hey, I like women. <laughs> I want to know the backstory to that. Like, what Chicory thought that meant. <laughs> and... Like what he probably is. Because <laughs> Chickory never stops talking. So what secret is he keeping? <laughs> That's private. Um, Chickory's got some more great dialogue here where he he's asking the sheriff as they're bedding down for the night. Has he ever read a book in a bathtub? <laughs> and the sheriff's like, what are you talking about? He's like, have you ever read a book while you're soaking in the bathtub? And he's like, no. And he's like, I, you know, I hear people do it. I just, I want to try it. But every time I do, I ruin the book. I, I get it wet, turning the pages. Get it wet. Drop it. And it, from what it sounds like, he's ruined a number of books trying to read them. I like to to think there's a a pile of uh, 
just destroyed books just, in his bathroom. Just swollen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when the sheriff asks him, why do you want to read a book in the bathtub so bad? I have another piece of dialogue here. He says, nothing feels better than sitting in that tub. <laughs> and he says it so wistfully, like just a simple pleasure. He's like, nothing feels better than sitting in that tub, but. It gets awfully dull. Just it gets awfully dull. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I read books in the bath all the time, and I've I haven't ruined one yet. So, just, well, you don't live in the eighteen hundreds. That's true. That was like, I mean, that was like a, I guess, a new. I don't know. I love how like how loyal Chickory is too, because he yeah. like he flipped out. Mm-hmm. On John for assassin, uh, assassin sheriff hunt. Oh yeah, he ain't having it. No, that's the no. sheriff. You don't fucking talk to him like that. Um. So the next thing I have here is the uh, scene where P Dubs uh, sneaks off into the woods to tend to his clearly infected uh, leg wound, and he's also dipping into the opium from his wife's medicine bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which they confront him about and they take from him. Which I'm like, let the guy do opium. I don't know what the problem is. Right. There's a really cute line here where it's another chicory thing where That's they're so packing good. the horses up. And he very affectionately says that his wife used to call him a dumb imbecile. Yeah. And he- he loved it. He loved it. Yeah, because Patrick Wilson gets all mad and like insults him and apologizes later. And then you're right. Chickory's like, it's all right. My wife used to call me that all the time. Felt good. <laughs> <laughs> so pure. He is. Um, so uh, there's a stranger in the night shows up to camp. A uh, pair of them. And... Uh, some more chicory dialogue in my notes is so great um so this guy shows up he says he was going to announce himself they make him and they make him throw his gun off to the side um and uh his partner apparently doesn't have a gun and then the sheriff's like all right walk down here slowly and they don't get like one step in before the sheriff gets distracted and then john just murders both of them just blows them away before he like destroys them that probably one of my favorite shots in this movie that wide shot where mm-hmm. it's like the standoff where the like the visitors have their faces illuminated with those matches yes. and then the sheriff is yeah. you know has a gun pointed right at him that wide shot was so fucking cool to me we can take a pause right here and just i just want to say that like the cinematography throughout the film gorgeous Oh, yeah. This is, this is a beautiful a, movie. This is a beautiful movie. When you told me that they spent, like, you know, whatever it was, a million and a half on this, like, that's that's impressive. Well, dude, it's a Western. Westerns were always notoriously cheap to make. That's, that's, that's why they true. made so many. And, I mean, I guess it's just all production value, right? Like, if you're in the fucking West, like, you just have those open planes. You just fucking point a camera at it, and it's just beautiful. Um, but the lighting in this movie... The cinematographer a, was a good... A, Dude named Benji Bakshi, which Benji I Bakshi. thought the uh, the guy who directed and wrote this before he became a director, he was a cinematographer. So I'm sure they both were like just scouting shots all day and shit. 
There's a great shot. I don't know if we got into it already or not. Oh, I think we have because they lose their horses pretty soon. Um, there's a shot where they're riding their horses and the camera is on like the ground, like kind of looking up at the horses, but it's fucking like, it's either dawn or twilight and the sky is just like purple and the way the setting sun is lighting. It's just beautiful, man. This is a gorgeous movie. Um, all right. Well, John has murdered, uh, the two, uh, strangers in the night and, um, you know, uh, his his excuse was that, you know, they're not going to tell you anything you want to know. This, this is the chicory line I have. Sheriff says, I know how to interrogate a man. And chicory says, he's got a system. <laughs> <laughs> so I have another chicory line noted here that fucking killed me. Well, and you might. It's a, it's a minute uh, later, but. Oh, the, uh, I don't know yeah. if I do. You know, um, <clears throat> their horses are gone. And John's like, no, there is no way my saucy would let one of those savages mount her. Yeah, and he just snaps really quick and says, you trained her in bigotry? <laughs> I like John's I like John's response where he says, she's smart and loyal. <laughs> um, I just I love that Chicory is, he's so... Don't, like seemingly dumb, but he's very quick witted. Like he and he doesn't realize it. He's super quick, but he's um he's got like the he's got like a child's mind. So like he's not it's not like he's slow, but he's just no filter. Yeah, he's very yeah. I don't know. You you called him pure earlier, and I think that's the best way to describe him. Um, yeah, so they went they're they're awoken in the middle of the night because someone is on top of John stabbing him in his fucking sleep. Well, they get up and move camp because John was all like, those two were from a bigger posse and yep. they were just sending feelers out to see what all we have so they can steal it. Yep. And they're like, You don't know that. He's like, Oh, I know that. So we need to move right now. So they move their entire camp on down the ways. But it doesn't help because they um they stab John. They steal all their horses, except for John's, because he was right. He wouldn't let them. His horse was trained well, but they injured the horse, and he had to he had to put it down, which was. Um, this is, let, let me tell you something. Matthew Fox has a really great moment here, like when he pulls the trigger on that gun. Like his face and the way he reacts is so painful to him because he really loved that. I mean, that was mm-hmm. just like, it's a, it's a, it's a reaction shot and it's just beautiful. I don't know, that was some good acting. I thought that was really, oh, that had me on the verge of being misty. That was, that was hard to watch. Phenomenal acting in this. All the, the main, your main characters. I don't know why anyone was not nominated for something for this. Oh, they're, man. they're firing all fucking cylinders in this. Probably cause nobody fucking saw it. This movie is like, probably, this criminally just, under fucking scene, dude. The performances in this movie are just like, dude. I'm telling, like, it's so it's so throwaway. Like he shoots the horse, but the minute he pulls the trigger, you can see it in his body language. He doesn't even say anything. It's just I don't know. Good acting, very good. I was impressed. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Well, now they're now they're now they're having to go on foot, and um, they gotta let Arthur get a head start. Yeah, Arthur has to get a head start because he's hobbling around. Um, they use the word cripple a lot. And Matthew Fox is in this, but 
Anytime somebody says the word cripple, I immediately think of the show Lost. Because um, Terry O'Quinn is in that show, and he's playing a man uh, in a wheelchair. And there's a moment where, like, the, the whole show was... Alright, tangent about Lost for a second. The whole show is set up with... There's two storylines every episode. There's what's happening on the island, and then a flashback about a specific character. And Terry O'Quinn, uh, who was in The Stepfather, uh, and thousands of other things... Um, he plays a man named John Locke and he's in a wheelchair. Um, on the island, he's not in a wheelchair though. So that his backstory was like this big reveal that before he got there, he couldn't walk. Um, but there's a All that motherfucker wanted to do was have a walkabout. Yeah. He wanted to go on a walkabout, but they wouldn't let him go. Cause he was, uh, but when you see later in the series, there's an episode where you see someone suggesting to him that he should go on a walkabout. And he's like, in case you haven't noticed, I'm a cripple. And like just his delivery fucking <laughs> destroyed me. And so anytime somebody says the word cripple, I think about Terry O'Quinn performing that from a wheelchair and it just it just tickles the shit out of me. And it just Full so happens man. that Matthew Fox is in this film as well. Um there's a great scene here where, uh, you know, Chicory just talks and talks and talks as they're walking. And, um, Matthew Fox is like, do you ever shut up? And he was like, what would you rather hear me talking or just the sound of footsteps and men breathing? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and of course, uh, Arthur, who's just been struggling the whole time. And finally, uh, he just can't, can't go any further and they check out his leg and it's like super fucked up now i misunderstood what was happening here i thought they were cutting that leg off i think uh, there's like a it's like a little red herring there with that blade they pulled out yeah that, like, well they pulled the bone saw at first and then go to a hammer yes yeah, they so just they're, they're going to smash it back in place and they reset it yeah they're setting the bone but i thought they were gonna i I thought they were going to cut it off, but... Well, well, mislead. Yeah, I think so. Did we establish that he re-broke it? No, is that yeah, what happened? Yeah, fucking Bruder was talking yeah, shit. Oh, oh, yeah. He was talking shit about his wife, and he's all like, fuck you, and punches him in the face. He punches the shit out of him. breaks his leg. I Again. didn't... I thought that he just... I thought that it was just getting worse as they were walking. I didn't realize that he'd re-broke no, it. No, he, he... When he punched him in the face he fell down and broke it again got it um all right well they fucking they give him some opium and now here's a little bit of here's a little bit of foreshadowing they put some opium in a flask and they leave him the rest and basically the idea is they're also going to mark their path where they're going um so if should should anything happen to them he could he could catch up with them um, you know, so they fix his leg, he's knocked out from the drugs and they, and they leave him behind. And that's so, where I noted where they had to brace him for that, uh, hammer smack. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sheriff like kneels over him, holding, oh. like bracing his arms down, just had his nuts right there in his oh, face. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> yeah, those nuts mm-hmm. stank. They don't Girl. have they don't have dove for men in the 1800s, let me tell you. <laughs> Nothing like an 1800s fucking tea bag. <laughs> <laughs> in those fucking tater sack pants. 
<laughs> oh man, you Dropping know that fabric. Tater sack on his face. That fabric does not breathe. <laughs> now again, I love the romanticized West, but I would never go back because these motherfuckers don't have uh, Old Spice Red Zone, which is the deodorant that I wear. <laughs> um, these motherfuckers don't have clean sacks. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Nothing like that. (laughs) (laughs) These motherfuckers don't have clean sex. All right. Well, um, here's the thing I like about this movie. I mean, I like everything about this movie pretty much. But um, what I really like is that it's this slow burn Old West searchers type storyline. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the searchers with John Wayne, but like... No. Um, it's just this like old school, like guys out in the in the wild, like on a hunt for something, trying to track down this missing person, and and it's like that for about an hour and twenty minutes, and then at some point, it's like oh now it's a fucking terrifying movie out of no like it gets fucking wild right here. Um, they come across this like kind of this fucking crevasse or whatever um that they're gonna walk through and Matthew well, Fox- they, they stumble upon the 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 little cavernous entryway that yes uh Purvis and Buddy stumbled into at the beginning of the film correct and um so there's Matt- there's a lot of shit right here that I had noted that I really fucking loved that I want to talk about before we can go too go much for further. It. Yes, go get it. But, um, so just kind of, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Haberdasher. <laughs> sure, that works. Um, uh, uh, fucking, I don't know. Shit revealed about shit. I don't know. Yeah. John reveals that his family was killed by natives when he was ten. Yes. So, uh, his, his experience has been painted here. Um, also there's that scene where, uh, Chicory gets to use the German, which is, uh, mm. John's like, uh, his what's that thing called? Like a telescope. telescope thing. Yeah, dude, he is mm-hmm. so excited about that. And he's like looking through it and it seems like he has seen something like, Horrible, maybe, but he's just in awe of this piece of. Yes, like, you see something. He's like, "Yeah, the clarity on this thing." Yes. Oh, damn! So- I wish I had this back in the war. <laughs> it's so wonderful. And Kurt Russell's like, "Oh hell!" And then he's even like, "Can the sheriff use it?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." And then he hands it to him, and he doesn't even really look at it. He just yeah, he's like, "Very nice." Here you go. <laughs> yes, that was really adorable. That was precious. Um, when they get to that entrance, um, you know, Matthew Fox is like, I'll I'll, I'll run through, I'll throw this rock back if everything's okay. And then you guys come through. So they go through the crevasse, and then fucking uh, immediately, um, uh, John gets shot with a fucking arrow. Uh chicory gets clocked in the fucking head 
And he's got this gnarly fucking gash in his head for the rest of the movie. Oh, yeah. Like a rock or something they threw at him. It looks gross. Um, John falls down and they just start sm- like hacking at his arm with... So Cut his movie, hand clean off. Yeah, the movie's called Bone Tomahawk because they've made these fucking weapons out of like jaw bones and shit. Well, earlier in the movie when they killed the stable boy, they stole those horses. Yes. And they took them back and ate them and yes. used their bones as weapons because they hack off uh, Matthew Fox's hand with a fucking sharpened horse jawbone. It's fucking crazy looking. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, and he catches one of those in the fucking face later, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Really? Yeah. Uh, all right. So they, they kill a couple of these things. Um, also they have this fucking like, it's revealed later that they have like, I don't know, shoved these fucking like fucking bone. Like they've, they've like mutilated themselves in these weird ways. Like one of them has like tusks in his fucking face mm-hmm. and, um, they all have like, like implanted <laughs> somehow these fucking like bone structures in there, like trachea. That allows them to like make that weird fucking howling noise that they make. Yeah, they sound like foghorns. That shit is haunting. Yes, yeah, it is. But I will point out is the exact plot of Jurassic Park three. So, you know, I've just seen it before. Is all, is all I'm saying. I've seen it done better. Jerry. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, exposition is the word I couldn't think of earlier. Sorry. Go ahead. It's not relevant anymore. <laughs> I thought you remembered something else about the movie you were going to share. You're like, oh, hang on. You know that word I didn't know? I got it. All right. <laughs> I, I, pulled, I pulled a chicory. Full fucking circle. Continue. That's um, private. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur. Um, dude, they fucking. All right. So they fucked. They fuck uh, John's arm all up. They so they kill a couple of these things. Um, John asks for some dynamite and a cigar. So apparently he's gonna set this dynamite off, but that never happens. Nope. Um, let's see. Um, all right, so Kurt Russell and, and uh, Chickory go on. Um, they get jumped by, uh, you know, a couple of these things and this thing is fucking like choking Kurt out. And then, uh, they shove this fucking bone into his mouth and then hit him in the head with a rock. Yeah. Fucking wild. And they take Chickory out too. And then they, they kind of tie them up and drag them, uh, somewhere. Um, and this is when John is like smoking a cigar and another one of these, these people shows up and just launches that tomahawk at his face and, uh, it cuts away, but later when Arthur comes through, you see it just like dug into his fucking face. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Excuse me. Uh, the sheriff and Chickory are thrown into this little, like, makeshift jail thing where, uh, Samantha also is. This is where you see, this is where you get a good look at the tomahawk as the jawbone. 
really fucking wild. And this is where you see for the first time that that weird howling sound is these people. Like, yeah. Uh, so before it was revealed that they'd done this thing with their throats, I was like, are these like creatures of some sort that like, you know? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, are they are they actually supernatural? Yeah, I thought there was a bit of a supernatural something? thing going on, but not the case. I remember the uh, first time that I saw this being surprised that, you know, that first time that you actually see one of them make that howling noise and they throw a rope down from that like cave up yeah. in the top of that rock face. Yeah. It was like surprising to me that they like, had, like new abilities like that. So they're, mm-hmm. they're like advanced people in some way. Yeah. They're pretty, they've got their own, mm-hmm. they've got their own they got their they own got their shit together. Yeah, they do. Um, it's it's deeply disturbing shit, but it it's organized. Um, they ask Samantha where Purvis is, and she this is where she tells him that they ate him. Um, let's see. Uh, so now they come back. <clears throat> um, now they come back for Nick, the deputy. He's still in the jail cell, and this scene is fucking wild first of all they strip him naked then they scalp him which was gnarly (laughs) it's fucking Mm -hmm. hard to watch and then they kind of like hold him up by his legs oh well they shove his they shove the scalp yeah and like drive it in with like a piece of bone yeah so basically they build all their weapons and, and tools out of bones from the things that they've eaten or killed um, yeah, and they use a piece of bone to, like, drive the scalp into his throat, I guess, to, like, muffle the screaming for what they're about to do to him. And then they hold him up by his legs and just, like, hack away at his fucking taint. And then, like a fucking wishbone, they just gra- they each grab a leg and just rip him apart. Rip him apart. And then all and his just fucking... drain all his innards out of his Insides asshole. just... Sp- <laughs> his insides just... Sp- Spill out. Dude, this shit is crazy looking. Like, I was fucking... That, this scene has stuck with me since the first time I saw this movie. I can't imagine why. Several years ago. Oh, my God. That fucked me up. And the whole time, the, uh, the sheriff... Uh, sorry. No, the, the, the whole time, the sheriff is, like, just screaming at him to try to keep his mind off what's happening to yeah. him. Like... Sure yeah, he's saying all this really nice shit too. He's like, you know, I, I, I'll avenge you. I'll make sure, you know, the you cavalry's know, everything's coming. Be, everything's gonna be all right. Cavalry's coming. We're gonna get these assholes. Blah blah blah. Man, this thing has fucked me up for a long time. And then he gets a taint split. What were you saying though, Doug? I'm sorry, I cut. I was cutting into you when you were uh, speaking, but. uh uh, for lack of a better term, this is fucking, it's beautifully done. Agreed. Uh, the pacing of the movie the just allows to the, this buildup to just fucking just the way it's delivered and how it, how it just comes. is just like, I knew something gruesome was going to happen, but I, it's just the impact it hits you with. It's just like, God damn. Yeah. It's fucking and, gnarly uh, how it's lit and shit. It just adds to it. It's, it's masterfully done. 
Yeah, it's fucking. One of the best fucking disembowelings I've ever seen. In that's my one life. of the best splitting. Yeah, that's one of the best splitting a man in half at the taint that I've seen on camera. Uh, you know, I'd say in the past. Now I've years. seen I've seen intestines fall out of an asshole before, but nothing <laughs> as pretty as that one. You don't need to tell us about your real life. All right. Hey, what I, me and my wife do on the weekends is our business. That's private. That's private. <laughs> Um, Arthur wakes up, um, kind of comes to his senses and we kind of follow him around and, and then he gets going again. Um, cut back to, uh, you know, fucking sheriff and chicory are pretty traumatized, um, from what they've just witnessed. Understandably so. Yeah. And, um, but they're asking, uh, Samantha how many of these things there are. And she says there's about 12 males, um, and two pregnant females that are crippled. She says crippled and blind and blind, but we see them later. <laughs> I don't think that crippled was the right word to use because yikes. Um, so, uh, you know, they're trying to like, they're trying to plan what they got. Well, uh, Kurt Russell remembers that they have the opium in the flask. And he asks Samantha how much opium, you know, that they have, like how many of these things could they kill? Um, meanwhile, um, Arthur's making his way. <clears throat> A homie just falls asleep standing up, which is fucking crazy. <laughs> all been there uh just leaning on that crutch um let's check my notes here okay um so they uh the sheriff and chicory go through with the poisoning plot which is pretty pretty simple they're just fighting over the flask until the you know these guys see that they have it and they take it from them and then a couple of them drink from it so they're able to kill two they're able to kill one and then uh, Samantha says the other one. One dies, one's super disoriented, and the other one it doesn't phase him because he didn't drink enough. He didn't drink enough. Like, I, know, I know Jason hasn't told us that women are smart yet, but She's Samantha smart. knows her shit when it comes to opium. Yeah, she does. Um, Arthur's taking a little nap in some bushes, and two of these things try to sneak up on him. Um, he fucking shoots one and it does a fucking backflip. Just. <laughs> <laughs> this, this part lent into the supernatural element Same. too, because yeah. he took out that first one with, with, you know, no problem. The second one comes along and he shoots it in the fucking head. I guess he just graced him. You Must see have. the blood splat out of his head and he's still coming. Must but then he shoots him again. Yeah. And he fucking ballet falls down into the ground, and that's when uh, fucking Night Owl finds that he has, they have this shit in their throat. Yeah, he's like, "What is that jewelry?" And then he performs just a fucking throat surgery here, which I'm like, I don't know why. I don't know why this character went through the trouble to do this, but I mean, it really worked out for him that he did. Um, 
Well, it was stated in dialogue when they formed the posse back earlier in the movie. He's like, the best plan is just try to outsmart him, which he has just done. Yes, he has. He digs out this sort of... Now, this is where the Jurassic Park 3 plot line comes in. This is exactly what <laughs> happened in Jurassic Park it 3. Um, that whole movie is predicated on the fact that the raptors communicate with each other, making that whatever dolphin noise they make. Um, that's a seal, not a dolphin, excuse me. And, um, yeah, because dolphins are like, um, <laughs> welcome to Caleb's Animal Sounds. What else do you guys want me to do? Um, An ostrich. <laughs> ostrich? All right. Um, <laughs> Ahuga. <laughs> Grayson's impression of a chicken. <laughs> My four-year-old's impression of a chicken is... Uh, he was like, Dad, what's this? Chicken bok bok? Chicken bok bok? That's what he does. That's Project Pat. <laughs> I was going to have you. Has he been listening to, to Memphis? It's just in no, his blood. Him, him and my kids go around doing that chicken bok bok shit. I don't know where that came from. But I'm about to hit every one of them and knock them out because I'm sick of it. Grayson probably taught it to him because he's crazy. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just, you know, that Memphis is just in his blood, man. Doesn't matter where I moved him to. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the whole point of Jurassic Park 3, by the way, was, um, that they built these fucking model of the, uh. They made this fucking Velociraptor <laughs> flashlight, and they're blowing in it. <laughs> And they're going, Auga, Auga. and the other raptors are like, oh, shit, we better leave them alone. They know our language. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happens in this movie. That's exactly and then Project what Pat happened. shows up. <laughs> Chicken bok bok. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Um. And then, and then he's just really moving. I just wrote, Jesus, how is he still getting around on that leg? <laughs> like, he is just very impressive. I guess, uh, a human spirit. Um, so now he's, now he's, now he's using the, this trach whistle to lure these things out of the bushes and he, and he kills another one. Um, pretty clever. Um, now, uh, we're back in, oh man, this is, so the next thing I have here is the, the whole flea circus, uh, monologue with, uh, Chitri. <laughs> that was great. It was so good, dude. Like he's talking about the flea circus that came to town and he's talking about how the fleas move or whatever. And his wife who's passed away, which is established earlier in the movie, he always takes flowers by her grave. But he's talking about how his wife was like, you idiot, those fleas are dead. They're attached to like these mechanical things. But he was like, he never... Be- I don't know. I think they were really moving around with this stuff. He says, I don't know... Uh, let's see. Um, he said he didn't like that she would say that because he's, I don't know what kind of hearing fleas have, but he didn't like that she was disparaging the fleas in front of them. And then um, he said, she said that, he said, but I believe these fleas are alive and talented. <laughs> and talented. 
And then, and it's so like, I don't, and then Samantha tells him that um, most flea circuses are fake, but the Sanderson brothers or whatever their names were, um, they, they use real fleas. They use real fleas. And, and he was he all gets, like, oh shit, I he, knew it. He's tickled to death. He gets so emotional that he knew that those fleas, and it's just a beautiful moment. And again, um, Kendall used the word pure earlier, but that's. That's how I would describe him. Like I fucking love that moment so much, um, with Chickory. I love every. She gives a wink to the sheriff. Yeah, she's like this fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> his, his wife was right. Lucky she's not here to deal with him. Um. <laughs> all right. Um. Well, uh, they <laughs> fucking. <laughs> fucking uh bone people bring <laughs> their dead cohort back and they're like hey you fucking killed this guy <laughs> and they drag the sheriff out of the cell um they hold him down they cut into his stomach and then they pick that flask up out of that fire pit and they shove that burning hot flask into the sheriff's body cavity that they've cut open yeah which was fucking gnarly then they mm-hmm. they've got his fucking rifle they shoot him in the arm just point blank and then they are about to shoot him in the balls but they're you know they're cave people they don't know how they to don't gun. know how to, to cock the rifle um, meanwhile uh there's a noise out in the cave and one of them runs out there and it's arthur and he he kills a couple of them and uh, in that time, the uh, I mean I don't know what you call these things. Uh, this guy figures out how to use the gun and shoot, how to cock the gun and shoots Kurt Russell in the stomach. Um, and so now he's gut shot, but he is able to get a hold of one of these bone tomahawks and he cuts this thing's fucking toes off. And then mm-hmm. just starts hacking away at his head until he completely decapitates him, which was fucking gnarly. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, you know, uh, Arthur comes in. Uh, they get uh, Samantha out of the cage. They get Chicory out of the cage. Um, and, you know, this is the moment where the sheriff is like, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to stay here. You give me that gun. I'll take care of the rest of these things. Uh, you guys get out of here. Um, just so matter of factly, this fucking man on a mission. Yep. He knows he knows what he has to do. He does. Great line here that I noted. Say goodbye to my wife. I'll yep. say hello to yours. I yeah. love that. that was, so that good. Line. So good. And it's been established like two, three other times that Chickory's wife is dead. So like, you know, and that's it. It's just dialogue. And he visits her grave once on camera. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's a fucking good line of dialogue. It's just good writing. Um, that was just a really emotional, I don't know. It was. I almost, loved it. It almost got me too. Yeah, I loved it. Um, as they're sneaking out, they walk by the pregnant women, which by the way, they're not crippled. They are amputated. They are just yeah, ain't got no arms or legs, and they got wooden fucking stakes shoved in their eyeballs. They are just pregnant torsos with stakes in their eyes. It is horrifying. 
And it is yeah, the women a, of that tribe are just there to have babies, and that's it. And it is a throwaway scene. That's how horrifying it is. They look at that and they're like, oh. yeah. and they just get yeah. out. <laughs> Whoops, and they just move along. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm just gonna walk over there. This is a whole nightmare I wasn't prepared to deal with. Now let's not put them out of their misery at all. Um, so, um, <laughs> Arthur, Samantha, Chickory, they're escaping. And then Arthur tries to kiss his wife and she's like, I don't want to kiss you because you've been, you've been having that fucking throat thing in your mouth. And he's like, oh, hang on. Let me just wipe the edges of my mouth with a handkerchief and then we can just, you know, make out with tonsil hockey. Um, they stop when they hear some gunshots and then they understand at that point that the sheriff has, has killed yeah, the other. No longer a threat. Yeah. And then, uh, Chickory throws away the stone that he was carrying for protection. Uh, and then fade to black movies over. That's it. Yeah. And that's the credit song. Oh no. That would have fucking blown me away. <laughs> um that got my goose. <laughs> um I will tell you that I was I was very uh, pleasantly surprised by this movie. I enjoyed it a lot. I fucking love this movie. Yeah, man. I'm so glad I watched it. It's great. Now, when I say pleasantly surprised, I don't mean that I ever thought it was bad. I mean, I've been hearing this movie was good for a long time, but I just thought this movie was going to be really, um, and the parts of it that are, are, but I thought this movie was going to be like really gritty and dark and like very serious, but like the movie is a lot of fun. Um, and the characters are very, it is that and it isn't that. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I think it's the characters that are fun. Like the characters are all really defined and lovable, except for Samantha. I don't think she gets enough definition, but, um, you know, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like, I think Chicory makes the whole movie. I think Chicory is the heart of the movie for sure. Um, Arthur's your typical, like, you know, uh, Arthur's your typical, like, you know, he's going to persevere to get done what he's got to get done. Um, Kurt Russell is your typical, like, I'm, you know, I'm the man of the West. I got to do, you know, this is my duty, um, you know, to do what's right. Uh, But then you get, then you throw John in there and he's kind of a, he's kind of a wild card. And then you got Chickory, who's just like, he really is like the soul of the movie. I fucking love Chickory so much. Yeah. Um, And then, I mean, you spend like 90 minutes with them, and then the last half hour of the movie is just uh, fucking insanity. Uh, But it never feels, it didn't feel, I mean, this movie is almost two and a half hours long. Um, Doesn't feel that way because it's just the characters are so engaging that I just kind of got lost in it. And then before yeah, a you know big it, chunk of that is them traveling through the desert. Yeah, I mean, but nothing, you're all there for it just to hear all the dialogue. Nothing happens for almost ninety minutes. Like there's kind of some stuff at the very beginning, and then there's kind of a mystery about what happened to these people. But I mean, dude, eighty minutes of this movie is just fucking people riding horses through the wilderness. 
but it's it's the strength of the writing and the characters. It's just it's fucking great, man. Yeah, the script is pretty solid. Yeah, great movie. Loved it. Loved it. Oh, Highly recommend it. I also fucking love this movie. So. Well, you picked it, so I would hope so. <laughs> Be great if you picked them. And like, I don't really like this, but <laughs> I hate this shit. Y'all watch it. Yeah, thought I'd <laughs> thought I'd subject you to it. Um, like I said, this guy made a couple other movies that I've seen that are really good. That brawl in Cell Block ninety nine is fucking. Again, it's another movie where it's just like, all right, I'm kind of following these characters along, and then once it turns, you're like, holy fuck, <laughs> and then. Um, Dragged Across Concrete, really good. Um, really good dialogue, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not surprising that this movie was as good as it was. Uh, well, it's like no blood counter, but it's really nice. <laughs> I mean, what is? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a great movie. I'm, I'm so glad I watched it. Um, yeah, man. It's currently on Amazon. If y'all want to check it out, that's uh, where I've I seen it. it in the um, six dollar Blu-ray fucking bin at Walmart. Yeah, I'm gonna go get it. It's worth it's worth buying. It's, check it out. Yeah, let I'm us gonna, know what you think. I'm gonna buy it for sure. Uh, yeah, man. Bone Tomahawk. Get it. Mm-hmm. For Chicory alone, Chicory is just such a what a great, <laughs> so fucking great. what a great character, and it's just such a great performance by Chicory Richard dialogue Jenkins. and Kurt Russell's hair. Oh god, that fucking <laughs> hair is perfect. They don't have product to make it look like that in the old west. Come on now, you don't know that. That's true. Uh, Doug, what are we watching next week, bud? Well, sir, next week we're uh, watching your pick, mm-hmm. which is Eli Ross' Green Inferno. Now, this is my pick. Nah. Because um, I don't really, I haven't really seen a ton of cannibal movies. And um, I didn't know what we should watch. You said this was good. Now, Eli Roth is a guy that I like. I liked it. I like Eli Roth a lot. I like his, I like listening to his interviews and stuff. I know that he, I like, he, I think he's a, I think he's a fun actor. He's been in, he's been in some movies, but for movies uh, that Season he's, two of History of Horror on AMC now. Check it yes. out. I, I hear good things. Miss Laura said it was great so far this season. Yeah, man. Uh, I like Eli Roth as a guy, but his movies have never really done anything for me. Same, but um, you said this one was pretty good, so I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Cause I, I mean, dug it. Cause I mean, I was thinking about watching Silence of the Lambs, um, but I just was like, you know, we've all seen it, um, so I just wanted to do something a little different, and uh, I was just like, let me roll the dice on this Eli Roth movie because I like this guy, um, and if you say his movie's pretty good, then you know I'm gonna check it out, um. So yeah, Green Inferno. I think it's on Netflix. It's sweet. It is. Yeah, so if you want to watch it before we talk about it next week, uh, it's on Netflix. Check it out. 
Mm-hmm. And then that'll lead up to, uh, you know, our big series finale. Boy, November is just going to be over before you know it. Feels like it just started. Mm-hmm. Then we're on to Christmas. And, uh, you know, it's the holiday season, folks. And I'm flying high because <laughs> Donald Trump fucking lost the election. And it just, I'll never not be happy about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Just feels, I can't, let me tell you, like, I cannot really put it into words, um, but if there's a thing about, like, I know that, I know that everything is just shitty all the time, but, like, there's this part of me, and it might be naive, I don't know, but there's this part of me that just, like, being decent and good matters in this world, and, like, that I I truly believe that like good will win out. Like people cheat the system all the time and they fucking take advantage of people and they disparage other people and they treat other people like garbage. But I do believe that those people get what's coming to them ultimately. Um and it maybe doesn't happen as fast as we'd like it to, um, all the time. But, like, I think the the best way to exist in life is to be just good and decent and and empathetic and, you know, I, th- I think that's just the way to be. And, like, that's the way that, like, that I was raised to be, ironically, um, by people who, uh, <laughs> who love the guy that <laughs> does not exemplify those traits, can't can't understand that but like you know uh, my parents taught me to like care about other people and, and to you know love other people even if I didn't know them so you know and now that I do those things I'm radical um but I don't know <laughs> I, it's it seems crazy like skateboard right yeah man. <laughs> you know me um <laughs> I don't know. So it's just been like, that's the reason that that's the reason I feel as good as I do. Cause I'm just like, it's, it is nice for somebody to, and I, and, and again, I, I'm not, um, I, you know, I'm not naive enough to be like, eh, the world's problems are solved, but it, it is nice to fucking win something. It's nice to see that like just decency is enough sometimes. And there's enough people in this world that are like, yeah, this is not okay. And so like, I, like I, I'll take that moral victory. I don't, I don't care about that. Like that to me is something that's not to be, to yeah. be brushed under the rug. Um, and so, and it means something to do. Cause like this, the fucking COVID uh, alone, like we've had 230,000 people die. Like this week alone, we've hit our highest number of cases reported in a single day. It's like 125,000. Like, and if things were to continue the way they were going, like, they weren't going to do anything about it. They were not going to do anything about it. And, and I know that this new administration at least will make an effort and and maybe fewer people will die. And like, that matters to me. That matters to me. And when it doesn't matter to other people, I find that shocking. Um, But I don't know, man. I'm feeling good. I'm just, I'm just feeling good, and uh, I don't know how often that. I don't really know how often that happens. So I'm just taking it for what it is. It's a good fucking day, and I'm, and I feel good about it. 
And I well, hate icing on the cake. It would be him going to fucking jail for all the fraud and oh man, yeah. Now that would be oh if he got if he got ultimate justice now. Um, I was, I was reading something today that like, and he mentioned it before. So uh, basically, everything he mentions is something that he will eventually do. Like, I don't know why people are, people are constantly like, I can't believe that happened. I'm like, he fucking said it. He said it on TV. Like, of course it's gonna happen. So another thing people have talked about is like, well, he might try to pardon himself. Yeah, he's gonna try to do that. He's absolutely gonna try to do that. Like, what are you talking about? He said it. Why wouldn't he do it? So, I like I don't know what's gonna happen over the next few months, but it's fine. I don't think he can legally pardon himself, but he'll fucking probably step down on his last day and get Pence to do it or something, like a fucking Nixon type thing. It's gonna be wild. Um, but you know, I'll take I'll take the good. So I, I'm happy with it. I don't know what's gonna happen, but to I don't either. But you know, hearing um, Biden speak tonight, I uh, it was just nice to hear an adult something of uh, a competent leader. Yeah, it was. Uh, there's nice. no childish name calling. There wasn't any like, "Hey, did y'all see uh, what I did over there? I fucked up, but I look cool on camera." type yeah. of bullshit like and i'll be honest i'm not a biden fan i don't know what's going to happen either but like it just felt good to have someone sound like they were in charge here's the thing about all, it like, look at me i'm a fucking idiot here's the thing about it is it like i believe that like <laughs> i believe it at the very least he just cares about other people and that's enough. Like, why is that enough? Because, like, we have normalized insanity. Because the current president give a fuck about anyone but himself. That's all he talks about. All he It was refreshing to listen to somebody not talk about themselves for 15 minutes. Just talking about it's me. It's also extremely fitting that... That, um... Higher and higher was him because they just like vanquished Vigo from office. <laughs> yes. During the Biden speech. Yes. Um, I you know what? I heard that and I didn't even think about it, but what a fucking beautiful <laughs> what a fucking beautiful connection you made. Oh, Doug. you know I fucking thought Ghostbusters the stick and I heard that first note of that song. <laughs> I don't know, man. It just I feel I feel something I don't know. I feel hopeful. And, you know, again, I'm I'm not I'm not I don't think things will get better overnight. Things probably won't be better in my lifetime, honestly, but if we're just going in the right direction, this is going to be 4 years of cleanup for Biden. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be bad. Not only like th- and this is the cycle. Um it's the cycle. Fucking Bush wrecked the economy and then Obama fixed it. And now Trump has wrecked the economy and now Biden's going to have to fix it. But on top of like now COVID's on top of that too. So we got to get this shit figured out. But I believe that he'll do it. Like, um, I believe that he'll like actually put, you know, we won't be putting Mike Pence in charge of this. (laughs) Which, oh God, it just feels like we've been through a lot. And I don't know. I just feel I feel very, very, very hopeful. 
at the very least, I feel hopeful, and, and that's enough for me tonight on this day. So, it's a good day. And I'm sitting here talking to my friends. That giant fucking me. idiot is gone, so that's all we need. Dude, let me tell you something. That's enough. Like, you know, people, like, I saw this tweet that was like, I'm glad that Biden's being, like, you know, very respectful or whatever, because I'm going to be petty as fuck <laughs> myself. And I'm like, I feel that. Fuck that mother. Like, uh, you know, people were singing that fuck Donald Trump song. And Elise was like, well, I don't know if we need to go that far. And I was like, what are you fucking talking about? I was like, fuck that guy. No, fuck that dude. Fuck him. He's a piece of shit. He has made fun of and disparaged everybody. Fuck him. He yeah, deserves, fuck him hard, dude. He deserves I hope nothing. he falls down the fucking stairs at the White House on his way out. <laughs> He sucks. His fucking shitty kids suck. I can't wait to never like, I like. I'm just blocking all of them on everything from like once they're once he's not in charge of this country anymore. I'll did <laughs> you follow him already? So no, much? I don't. I don't follow him, but like I, you know, I'm able to see his stuff. But once he's fucking gone, I'm blocking him. I don't care what he says or does. Like, um, ugh. It's just, I don't know. I feel fucking vindicated today. It's been a great fucking day. Mm. Well, I'm just going to reiterate fucking girl power. I'm so excited yes. for Kamala Harris. I, I yeah, like that's pretty cool. I fucking, I fucking like her anyway. She's fucking tough. She fucking don't take no shit. Um, I've wa- I watched her in those fucking Kavanaugh hearings, and I was just like, you're dope. <laughs> and then I watched her uh, debate Mike Pence, and she wasn't putting up with his fucking fly head ass so uh it was just she's cool man she's cool with me i dig her oh anyway uh next week (laughs) we're talking about green inferno (laughs) um and uh yeah that's all i got for bone tomahawk man that was a thank you i've this has been on my list to watch for a while Um, and I'm glad that it, I'm glad that, you know, sometimes I want to watch movies. I just don't ever get around to it because I end up watching the fucking same movies over and over. Um, so this show, I like when, I like when this show makes me watch something that I've been wanting to check out. Um, and this one was a pleasant surprise. What a cool fucking movie. I'm really glad you guys liked it. I mean, to me, it's, it's like a fill proof I don't, I don't, I can't think of anyone who wouldn't like this movie. It's just so fucking good. It's awesome. Uh, my wife watched it with me. Really? She liked it a lot. Yeah. Nice. This morning she was like, I can't stop thinking about that guy that got cut in half. <laughs> I was like, it was awesome, wasn't it? She was like, no, it wasn't. It's fucking sticks with you. That shit has whew, unsettled me for a long time. When I told Elise what it was about, she was like, uh, uh-uh. and so she went for a walk and then she missed all the gruesome parts, but she wa- she saw a little bit of the, like the middle part, and she was like, "This is pretty good," um, but she didn't see any of the gruesome parts. But I don't think it would have I, I don't think it would have turned her off to it. Um, again, I thought this movie was gonna be a lot darker than it was, and that's not to say that the movie's not dark because it is extremely. But like, it's so entertaining and well written, and the acting I did the acting yeah. is what brings. They had almost I no definitely budget. Definitely want to check out his other films now. You should do that fucking Vince Vaughn movie where he's in prison is so good. Like, and it, and it, it also takes a turn that gets fucking super violent and you're like, whoa, 
Um, it's really, it's a cool flick. It's very, um, I don't know. It feels very like seventies, like grindhousey, you know, it's just like this guy goes to jail for whatever reason. I, I honestly don't even remember, but it's just like, but he's got to do this or they're going to hurt his family on the outside. So, and Jennifer Carpenter is in that movie. You say that she plays his wife in that movie. So I, I bet it's because, uh, she wasn't able to be in this movie that they decided to work together on, on that other one. Totally forgot that until you, until you mentioned that earlier. It's a cool flick. All right, well, it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, guys. It's the horror horn shoe. Um, not a ton of horror movie news uh, this week outside of... All right, good night. <laughs> all right, keep on reading. Um, Neil Marshall directing a new horror film. Uh I didn't write down the name of it, but um, he said it is a full-blooded... Is it Dog Soldiers 2? No. He said it's full-blooded uh. horror, but when somebody asked him about the possibility of a Dog Soldiers 2, he said, yeah, that's very possible in the future. Did you ever and watch it, Dog Soldiers? I still have your copy. I haven't watched it yet. Do yourself a favor, I man. I know. I got it sitting right there. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um but I like every other movie he's made. I, this might be the only movie he's made that I haven't seen. Um, yeah, I love that guy. So, um, and yeah, that's really the only. That's really the only thing. There was like a couple of like movie delays and and some other stuff, but nothing, nothing of substance. Just uh, Neil Marshall making a new film. Cool. All right. Well, let's uh, let's rant recommends. You guys been watching anything that you want to tell the folks about this week? Kendall, you got anything? Whoop! You're muted. I think because I'm not hearing you. Muted. Whoops. There she is. <laughs> Sorry about Z- it. <laughs> I watched something uh, this weekend for the first time in at least a decade and it Air did not airbud yeah i was thinking the same thing <laughs> <laughs> i watched billy madison last night oh man oh, oh i love that movie what a fucking great yeah, movie it's it's such a fucking treasure and like i, I don't know God, i still the remember poop. everything this is the heard. best night of my life <laughs> This is Frank's shirt. God, that movie is that and Happy Gilmore. I bought a Blu-ray set, and they came together. Happy Gilmore and and Billy Madison came in like one case. And those two movies are so fucking funny. Still, Mm -hmm. still. Like, they work. Like, I see his newer stuff, and I'm like, I don't really know about this. And then I'm like, man, would Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore work if they came out today? And then I go back and watch them, and I'm like, these are fucking genius. Billy Madison is so fucking funny. And that's all I got. Oh, that's it? (laughs) That's it. 
Just Billy Madison. <laughs> Girl didn't watch the knife. Madison. Well, you like know, you know, if, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've had the fucking news on all week, just praying to God that this election would end. So that's all I've been doing all fucking week was stress sweating over the news. This so is, this is what would happen. I would come home and I would turn it on and then they'd be like, all right, there's a hundred thousand votes left over here and, and we should be getting those soon. And then, like, I'd watch for like two hours, and they're like, "All right, in the next hour, we're gonna get a big, we're gonna get a big bunch of those votes come out." And I'm like, "All right, cool." And then that next hour comes along, and they're like, "All right, we got 1,200." And I'm like, "Did you mean 12,000?" And they're like, "No, we had 1,200, so we still have 99,800 votes <laughs> left." Uh, I understand it was like mail-ins and stuff that slowed everything down, but oh boy, this was a long fucking week the most voted in fucking election in a very long time dude so they're gonna it's be gonna take a while to count all that shit they're gonna be counting those for weeks they they said it could be like i mean they said it could be like 160 million votes when they get done like the it's already at this point in time the most voted in election in american history um which is good if you make it easy mm-hmm. for people to vote, they'll fucking do it. Like, and they didn't, and they still came out and voted. Yeah, and it's fucking crazy. Doug, did you watch anything this week? Man, I did. Um, found this movie starring uh, Peter Cushing and Christopher Ooh. Lee from '65, uh, I believe, called The Skull. Okay. Um, Peter Cushing plays an artifact collector and um, his guy that like finds shit for him finds this skull and apparently it belonged to the Marquis de Sade. It's his head. So he's all like, I gotta have it for my collection. And then Christopher Lee's all like, no, you don't, man. She gets weird. <laughs> he's like, you're fucking, you're crazy. You man. better you're not. Crazy, you're crazy. <laughs> he's like, all right. Fuck around and find out. And he does. <laughs> this movie sounds great. And I love shit the dialogue. Gets fucking wild and crazy. There's a fucking cult involved. The fucking skull comes to life. <laughs> it's a good time. All right. The skull. I've been going out of my ways to find something, you know, out of, you know, different because yeah. goddamn all movies run the same nowadays, man. That's true. Old or new. They all I can I can just tell what the fuck's gonna happen right around the corner it's not fun but the skull check it out all right good watch you can't go wrong with fucking where did Peter you Cushion and Chris where did you watch it it's on hulu of all places nice um really good atmosphere just uh it's an amicus uh release that was a uh, hammer's like competitor mm, back in okay. the day so real gothic feeling even though it takes place in modern day in the 60s gotcha good flick and i also um checked out something else that uh it was a rewatch i haven't seen this movie since it came out you but both of you fucking rewatched it and loved it i was like i'm gonna fucking pull the trigger and watch a house of a thousand corpses and and man that movie fucking sucks oh he still doesn't like it man i <laughs> oh, love it's it awful i didn't even finish it i turned it off oh, so man. watch the skull run oh, screaming God. from a house of a thousand corpses 
Man, I fucking love House of a... Now, Man, okay. I did not have fun at all. Man, that's crazy. I had so much fun. Now, I will follow up with that, is that I tried to watch um, The Devil's Rejects again. Now, this happened last year. I watched House of a Thousand Corpses, and I was like, man, I do enjoy this a lot. Let me check out The Devil's Rejects again. I couldn't finish it. This this year, I watched House of a Thousand Corpses, and I'm like, man, I fucking love this. So, I need to give Devil's Rejects another try, and I stopped it at the exact same point. I still can't watch The Devil's Rejects. I don't fucking like that movie. Don't like it. I just I've couldn't never even stomach fucking House of Thousand Corpses. Fucking oh. I, Rob Zombie's just jerking off in my face for an hour and a half. I'm like, just stop it. Your fucking, your script sucks. Everything sucks. Fuck off. Stop making movies. Man, <laughs> I, I love that movie, man. <laughs> All right, that's all I got. I love the fucking build up to that, where I was like, "Oh man, he fucking he turned the corner." Fuck no, the movie's awful. <laughs> I don't know if it's good. I just know that I enjoy it. It's fun. I know it's not good. <laughs> if y'all like it, that's fine. But man, Rob Zombie can just fuck right off. <laughs> His movies are garbage to me. <laughs> Oh, well, so this week I watched the Lords of Salem. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't seen that. Um, <laughs> oh God, it's awful too. I haven't seen I it. I tried watching it years ago when it came out because it was supposed to be like his love letter to Italian horror and it's not that and it's bad. I'm going to try to watch it. I'm going to, I've never seen it, so I can't give it a, I can't, I can't give it a, any real thought, but. Just go back and watch some real Italian horror. Well, yeah, I would do that too. But I like. But here's the thing about Rob Zombie is like I like that guy. Like I yeah, like he's a cool guy. I like him, and so I'm just like, I want I want to see what you do because I like you so much. Um, but you know, it's just like it, you know, it's hit or miss with me. It's like House of a Thousand Corpses. I love. Devil's Rejects, I do not love. And i that's the one people really like. And I don't get it. Because I'm just like, it's just not for me. I don't either. It's not for me. Um, his I didn't first, bother with uh, the third one. No, I haven't seen it. Um, his, uh, What's his the third fr- one? Uh, Three from Hell. Yeah, it's a trilogy. Three from oh, Hell. It's on Shutter now. Yeah. Um, and and there's, then, man, there's diehard Rob Zombie f- flick fans. There are. And that's fine. Y'all have fun, but that shit ain't for me. He made Halloween, which is fine. And then he made Halloween 2, which is... Not fine. No. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, it's just like, he'll make a movie, and I'm like, man, that's pretty good. And then he'll make another movie immediately after, and I'm like, do you know how movies work? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Um, but he's kind of like... Um, he talked about that in an interview and he said that um, when he made those Halloween movies, he had so much input from like the studio because those were like big budget movies that he said like he likes to make a movie where, you know, somebody will give him a couple million bucks and he can just do whatever he wants to do. And if people don't like it, he doesn't care. And if people do like it, then fine. But you know, he's just making what he wants to make. And that, and I dig that about him. And I like his attitude about it too. Um, 
because he just seems like a cool dude. But yeah, man, he's like I don't I don't know. He's like real hit or miss with me. <laughs> Rob, fuck, you're a great dude, <laughs> Mister Zombie. I could sit and talk to you about man. I could talk to you about stuff all day, but your art sucks and quit doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or don't don't listen to me what's the uh, what's the podcast that you uh, like talked about at one point caleb where he was interviewed that was just like incredible oh wasn't he on joe rogan or something he like was that? on joe rogan that was that was really interesting years ago um last year i think um oh, or last year and then I last listened. year was your sorry <laughs> it feels like it um, that was really good cause it was like two hours and he doesn't do a lot of those long form interviews. And then, so for, uh, what's the Eli Roth show? History of horror. History of horror. Yeah. There's a podcast version of that where it's like the unedited interviews or whatever. So there's, it's like him and Eli and Greg Nicotero. And that's, that's really interesting. And then he also did one for the new season where it's him and like the producer of that show or like some other guy. And it's like a pre-interview for that show. And they talk for a long time about all kinds of shit. Um, his movies and then just movies that he loves. Um, and that was just fascinating to me. And I like, you know, I love white zombie and I like, um, I like, I like, I like a lot of his, not a lot. I like half of his solo (laughs) stuff too. (laughs) I like, I don't like, all right well i like hellbilly deluxe and i like the sinister urge um and then i like songs here and there from the other albums um but i just like that guy i just think he's fucking cool um and i i love the way he thinks about movies and i love how he loves movies um but i don't know what the movies he makes i'm he's like, got a style and he i mean he is a, he's a fucking artist yeah he really is I just don't like his movies. Yeah, I feel or it. his solo albums. I feel it. Um, it's white zombie or fuck off. I do. Now look, there there is no there is no denying that like I fucking love white zombie. I like Rob Zombie, but I love white zombie. That shit's good, and he's got a new song. I'll recommend it right now. I like that King Freak song. That's a good fucking tune. Um. Canned Freak? King Freak. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> that's a that's a that's a that's a jam. Um, alright, let's see. I only watched one thing this week, uh, other than constant election updates. Uh well actually I watched two things. i my Shout Factory uh delivery finally got here from my Shocktober purchases. And I watched the blob. Uh which I haven't seen since I was a kid. The eighties blob? Yes, sir. Um I haven't seen since I was a That's kid. That's a great movie. And when I watched it when I was a kid, it fucked me up. When that homeless guy picks the blob up on a stick and like, dude, I that is burned into my brain. It terrified me so much. Um, I was watching it when I shouldn't have been as a child, and it just fucked me up so bad. That is so scary to me. I just watched it again last night. It is fucking incredible. That movie is so well made. That is like, that is just like a fucking 19, it's a remake. It's like a 1950s B movie that they made with a lot of money. And dude, it looks good. Like it's beautifully made. 
The blob is fucking cool looking. The practical effects are out of this world. And it's it works, dude. I fucking love the blob. It's a great flick. Uh, I haven't seen that in a long time. And um, I just won a copy. Shout out to the Don't Push Falls podcast. I won a giveaway that they were doing for Halloween. And it came with a copy of a DVD copy of the blob. The along remake? with four other movies. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And uh, I can't wait to rewatch that. Dude, I remember re- just loving that movie. Rewatch the original it. blob from the 50s, I own. And it, it it's real sentimental to me because it's the first horror movie I ever saw when I was a kid. Yeah. Because my mom loved that movie. So I have like a blob double feature going on Dude. some year when I get to watch TV again. Watch that fucking blob remake because I was like, I like, like this scared me when I was a kid and I remember liking it. But dude, I watched it just as an adult and just as an appreciator of movies. And I was like, this movie fucking whips. This is a good fucking movie. I love the blob. So check it out. 1988. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shout Factory just, I literally just put out a blu-ray maybe it was this year i think and i bought it whenever they had their sale in october um and it's gorgeous and there's tons of special features that i'm gonna dig into uh can't wait yeah check out the blob um and the only other thing i watched was a movie that people have been talking about all over them uh interwebs uh it's a new movie called possessor Oh, man, I want to see this so this, bad. All right, so this movie is directed by Brandon Cronenberg, uh, yeah, son David's of nice. David Cronenberg, uh, for those of you uh, in the know. Um, okay, so the plot of this film is um, there is some sort of like, I don't know who they are. It's never explained. doesn't need to be. There's some sort of, uh, I don't know, agency or something. And they have this device that they like put a person into. And there's like, let's say, okay, let's say Kendall is the, the person that we're going to possess air quotes. Um, they would like, I guess, obtain her and then like implant this little thing in her head. And then Doug, let's say you're the person that'll be doing the possessing. They put you into this device and you're mentally put into Kendall's body via this technology or whatever. And then they use that possessed body to like perform like assassinations or something. And again, there's no real explanation as to why or what purpose this is done for. And which is fine. Doesn't need it. It's fucking wild, dude. Um, it is super fucking bloody, like crazy bloody. Um, and it's just very like artistic. Uh, it feels like an early David Cronenberg movie, but through the lens of like the way Brandon Cronenberg's it. Now he's made one other movie that I haven't seen. Um, so this is the only movie of his that I've seen, but it's like, I don't know. It's like the kind of movie that his dad would have made when he was young but, you know, updated for, like, a modern generation. Uh, it's fucking wild, dude. Um, I loved it. 
I loved it. It was just fucking, I bought it on iTunes because it was like, hey, this came out and it was like 15 bucks. And I was like, if people keep telling me this is, or no one's telling me, but I just keep reading that it's really good and people really liked it. Um, and it like played at festivals and stuff when those still existed. So I was like, I'm going to roll the dice on this. I'm just going to watch something that I don't really know anything about. And I was fucking pleasantly surprised. I loved it. It's super. Yeah. I want to check it out. Um, I, I'm, I love Cronenberg. I haven't seen any of his son's films. And, yeah. I think he's uh, only made the two. But praise about, uh, Possessor. Dude, it's fucking... And, uh, it's on my list. I really want to see it. Dude, check it out. It's wild, dude. Like, I mean, to me, to me, it's very reminiscent of, like, you know, it's just very visually striking and, like, it's very artistic in the way it's put together, but it's, like, super, like, fucked up. Look, I don't know. It's fucking cool, man. I don't even know how to describe it. Um, It's a cool fucking movie. Uh, Sean Bean shows up in it. Um, spoilers, he does not survive the film. <laughs> oh, you didn't have to tell us that. <laughs> he's like, he's speaking in the movie before you see him. It's like voiceover before. He, and like, I'm like, man, who is that voice? I know who that is. That sounds so familiar. And then as soon as like they cut to him talking, I was just like, oh no. <laughs> it's, like <he's> going, <laughs> it's like, this dude's going down. And boy, he goes down in one of the just ridiculously violent way like it's so fucking ridiculous um but then like i don't know dude i I don't really want to say too much about it but it is just it's a it's a head trip and uh and it's just beautifully made and it's just it's bloody and it's fucking cool looking yeah possessor that's cronenberg dude i mean yeah his dad's famous for body horror it's just fucking body horror weirdness dense density and social commentary. This has all of that. It's like yep. it's like he watched everything his dad did and then was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it for fucking twenty twenty. Like um yeah, it's a fucking beautiful movie, dude. I, I loved the shit out of it. Possessor. Sweet. Check that shit out. And that's all I got. Been a busy week. Just trying to make sure that you know, f- you know, democracy survived, and it did. So now I can go back to, now I can go back to be <laughs> thinking like, not having to worry, not having to worry about what the president's gonna say or do, um, you know, not having to worry if whether he's gonna say something that's gonna get fucking white supremacists all worked up and 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 go kill a bunch of people. So. Oh well, I mean, he's still the president for a couple months, so he may he may yet do that. Yeah, I know it is still twenty twenty, but yeah, that's all I got, man. Uh, Long week, but ultimately ended very satisfying, and uh, I just feel good. I'm just a happy man today, and that's enough. It's enough for me. That'll do, pig. That'll do. The images they captured of Donald Trump, he was out golfing this morning when they when they called the race. Shock. And the images they captured of him driving past the mob of people outside the White House, like flipping him off and with all their fucking signs. <laughs> um, I just, mm, 
Like, I won't need to eat for a week. I'm so full of his embarrassment. I love it. <laughs> Fucking love it. What a dumb fucking piece of shit. <laughs> True. <laughs> he fucking sucks, dude. And ugh, I'm garbage just, human being. Yeah. I'm just. I'm. I wish he would have tumped over in his golf cart. <laughs> fucking. Anyway. Anyway, it's a good. What y'all day. having for Thanksgiving dinner? Let us know at CarpenterRantsPod at Gmail dot com. We want to hear from you. Or check us out on Facebook. Hit us up there. I'll I'll hit you right back. He will. Doug is very or responsive. as soon as possible. Doug Pretty Doug quickly. is always Doug I don't is like always replying to folks. We want to hear from you. We do. Tell a friend. We're on Spotify and iTunes. Tell them about that shit too. Like and subscribe. What's your favorite movie where somebody eats another human being? We want to know these oh, things. I got a couple on Pornhub I can recommend. <laughs> a couple thousand. <laughs> All right, folks. Hey, uh, thanks for listening to TCR. Um, this is actually, you know, I was, I was kind of like, I was kind of down on this series. I was like, man, this is going to be fucking brutal to get through. Um, but so far, first two movies have been a lot of fun. Um, and Green Inferno I've never seen. And uh, we've also got the finale, which is going to be something. So uh, <laughs> Stick around and find out what that son bitch will be. Yeah. Uh, it's maybe one of those movies Doug was talking about on Pornhub. Um, I'm going to watch that regardless. <laughs> I'd love to try to review it. Um <laughs> The lighting in this scene was just... I mean, I've seen better, honestly. The fuck what, rants. What was the budget? The butt rants. That's another show I've been doing on the side. I didn't. It's on the Patreon. I didn't tell you guys about. TBR. Wait, we have a Patreon? Yeah. Shh. We're not making any money. You tell me to be quiet about something I don't know anything about. We're not making any money on it because I'm using it to pay for a premium porn hub account. So this is we're breaking even. Um, mm-hmm. But that other show has t-shirts. Uh, <laughs> the Pornhub show? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Um, no. Um, yeah, man. This has actually been a really fun series of, uh, so far. And I, I'm having a good time. And it's the holiday season. So... I'm loving I'm loving it. Ba da ba ba ba. Alright, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. We've been the nobodies. I'm Caleb. I'm Doug. I'm Kendall. Keep on.